Listening Dog Media. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The Rugby Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Hi, it's Kieran Bracken here with Nick Easter from Rocket. Thanks for subscribing and listening on at Rocket underscore podcast. Uh, we thought it would be a, a good opportunity to chat about our lockdown, chat about our uh, best uh, Lions 15 at the moment going forward to South Africa, and of course our Animal 15, most importantly. We've also got a great guest in Katie Daly-McLean, and we'll be talking to her later on in the show. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. Well, welcome back to Rocket, everyone. I'm sure you've heard us, hopefully, uh, and listened to us. Now you get to see us, uh, myself and Nick Easter. Thought it'd be a good idea to do another episode or a few more episodes of Rocket and chat all things rugby and coronavirus and anything else that pops into our heads. So, Nick, that first question, I suppose, is... Uh, Firstly, you look like you put on a little bit of weight, like myself. <laughs> but how's lockdown for you? <laughs> hey, all the weights in my hair, pal. Look at oh, that. Oh, shut up. Oh, I'm so proper, jealous. Proper Brillo pad. I'm sure. I'm oh. sure you're a jealous man. I've actually, you know what? I got the, uh, I got the neighbour because I don't have any clippers. Actually, I yeah. got the neighbour to drop off his clippers. Um, so social distancing in mind. He sort of uh, he texted me this morning. So I just left them outside. Your uh, your front doorstep with a sanitary cloth and all that sort oh. of stuff. So, uh, if we do this again next week, you'll see uh, the mess I'm going to make of my hair. Well, I well I I ordered some from Amazon, right? And they arrived, and I thought, who am I going to get? Hey, in my you family? don't need to order any. Who are you cutting? Your kids there? Listen, no, no, no listen, 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 right? You know, I had a bit more of a bounce than this, and I was the, the wind trial. blows your hair off, and I was the guinea pig, right? And they started and had it on the wrong setting, and suddenly, woof, it was gone, right? So I've had to shave the whole thing. But the good, the, the thing is, the boys now have seen what they, my, my wife has done to me, and everyone's like, "No, I'm not having my hair cut." So that was quite funny. But I tell you what, I am doing a lot of, which I don't normally drink that much. Every now and again. But I've taken to drinking every single night. And at five o'clock, wine o'clock, or Peroni o'clock, I just can't help myself. What oh, about you, have you? To, mate. you have to, mate. A bottle of gin a night, at least, has to be done. Now, here's, here's a question, because you've got a, a young little one. What's, what's the tension like now that you're indoors around the wife all the time? <laughs> mate, it's okay. I've got, uh, I've got my toilet roll um, <laughs> for... Uh, you know, that, that's actually more to mop up any bleeding noses that might arise. Mate, it's, it's been tough because, um, you know, clearly, probably same with you, mate, a lot of the sort of work, the consultancy stuff, the, the, the corporate stuff and events, completely wiped off, which... Gone. You know, gone, gone. Completely wiped off the face we're of not get, And we're not getting furloughed, are we? We haven't got no, no we're income. Furloughed, no chance. Um, and... The nanny's nanny's not turning up because she uses public transport and she's a bit too far away for me to go and collect her. So we're obviously abiding by that. So, and my missus has been uber busy with work. She works on TV, uber busy, literally sort of nine o'clock, 9.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night. And you've got the boy. (laughs) And I've got the boy. Four days solid, mate. She doesn't work on Fridays. I've got four days solid. By the time it gets to Wednesday lunchtime, I know exactly... How all those uh, all those parents who have committed murder suicide within the family <laughs> of your life, I, 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 I can actually see what they're thinking. 
clearly I'm nowhere near that because my boy's an absolute delight. But what age is he? Is he t- what, having, how old is he now? I can't even imagine having more than that. Imagine having three or four kids when you're doing that just by yourself. Because there's, there's no chance of any help. Although this week, thankfully... Baby uh, boom. What you're saying is it's a baby boom time as well. Now's the chance. Now's the time you've got a window. It's put me off. Oh. Just in case we get into this. But, uh, mate, this week's good. She's uh, Their company's forced them all to take holiday because they don't want them all going off to Ibiza and partying as soon as they're back in the office. Yeah. So there's no one working. So they forced them to take a week's holiday in April. Um, so I've said, he's all yours this week. So I can get on and actually make some progress with something. Um, so you can see I'm, I'm quite happy about that, mate. If you call me this time, sort of last Wednesday, um, yeah, I wouldn't have been in a good place. Oh, it's not It's not easy. I mean, luckily, mine, mine are 16, 14 and 11. So I'm out sort of doing coaching with them, training, doing fitness, going for walks. So there's no change in nappies and there's none of that up in the night or whatever. How old is he? He's 16, 16 months. Mate, he's, mate, to be fair, he's an absolute delight. You know, take he? him out with a dog in the morning, you know, do a bit of training as well. Um, we've, uh, yeah, look, it's, you know what it's like. It's, you don't get this time back as well, mate. You've got to take advantage no. of it um, no. on the serious side is, I love it. Love being a dad to him. And, um, uh, you know, I'd rather do that than sort of not see him until the weekends, you know. No, exactly. But listen, I'm out of the house before he's up, misses bath time, like a lot of my mates have done. And you, you, you can lose that connection later on in life, especially. And, uh, you know, using this time and massively, uh, massively enjoying it, really. You know, it does have its uh, yeah. times where it dra- draw, draws a lot out of you, as I've just mentioned. But uh, look, you've got to take the rough with the smooth, mate. Yeah, you've got to have one more, though. Listen, I've got three, OK? okay. So yeah. I went through for the pain. I went through the pain. But now now your own, the question is, is whether you're liking each other enough to procreate. Do you know what I mean? That's the question. <laughs> well, we've had, mate, we, I think the good thing about her being in the study all day is exactly that. So we're not around each other. Okay. All right. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, mate. Yeah. So how are you keeping fit? A good thing is my my wife's a personal trainer, so we've got a gym at home. So uh, how how are you keeping fit or are you doing anything? Mate, this is is what I can't understand, right? Is, you know, on the WhatsApp groups, you're speaking to your mates saying, yeah, you know, I'm doing a bit of weights. I'm doing, I'm saying, Mate, where are you getting all this gym equipment from? Where are you getting yeah. this gym equipment? Where are you getting these bikes from, these treadmills from? Clearly, I've missed out somewhere along. I mean, it's not been too bad, Brax. Um, this morning, actually, we did a uh, Will Skinner, who used to play for Queens. Yeah. He, he's involved in a gym in Singapore, and the last couple of weeks, he's doing sort of two or three sessions a week for the lads. So we get on we, we get on Zoom and have a bit of banter. He takes us through the our paces and... Did that this morning. Um, what is that, like body circuit weights? Yeah, yes, yeah, it's body circuit. So he actually sent a text. Um, he sent a text. So he's done it for about two weeks now. And he says, lads, I'm really struggling here with any more body weight exercises. You're going to have to go and get some tinning. So uh, all I've got is a big bench and um, a big a big uh, sort of oak bench that we sit on, which I do for sort of any heavy exercise. But I tell you, mate, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with the heavy weights, Brax. I don't know how much you do, but... Well, I, I, love, I love and feel a massive benefit 
okay from a health perspective and all other sorts of training from yeah. you know doing like a heavy squat session you know low reps heavy weight yeah yeah or, or deadlift you know and i'm still able to do that my body still is able to function you know i know your knees might be a bit buggered for you no, mine is by my back my back yeah, your back might be but uh you know doing one of them a week you know just, just aids me in terms of how you feel the strength it sort of yeah. gives when i go on a run or whatever and i'm missing that i'm missing that well, part I, 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 I um, f- strangely, we've got some weights here, and I, I, I used to hate weights when I was uh, playing, but I ended up uh, for the last month I've been on doing like my bench, trying to get my bench press up, <laughs> and uh, I've gone from when I was playing, my max was about 110, I think, and I'm up, I'm, I'm up, I'm past there now already. I'm doing uh, 12 on 100. I've never done that in my life. That's pretty good, mate. That's pretty That's good. That's all right, isn't it? I've yeah. never done that in my life, so. I should have trained a bit more when I was playing, but um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm sort of missing. Uh, I mean, I, I like you. I've had so many events cancelled, and I think we forget sort of how how much good fun they are. You know, going to a rugby club or going to a corporate event, hosting, taking the piss out of people, having the crack, getting home late at night, and uh, doing what one, one or two of those every couple of weeks. They're great fun, you know. And uh, lockdown's really weird. I mean, it must be terrible for most people um but uh but yeah have you been helping out in the community and uh doing a bit yeah of oh. yeah we've been asked to do a bit in in, in the barnet community and uh we're sort of baking cakes for the nhs and doing all of that and delivering stuff for all of our neighbors who can't get anywhere but like to do more it's uh, question is is um is what we can do safely you know but it's really weird isn't it it's a bit a bit like the what the war might have been like it's such a really eerie way and looking at the news thousands dying you just kind of go this is so surreal it's like an apocalypse it's just really weird isn't it but, but the thing if you look through history um something like this is bound to happen yeah. You know, usually it was wars and battles and all that sort of stuff. You look through it, you know, there's one, you know, every so, you know, few decades or whatever it yeah. is, a, ma- yeah. a major war. And then clearly, obviously, you know, with the, with the, with the, um, the atom bombs and hydrogen bombs in the Second World War, that changed the face of war, didn't it? It was like, I can push yeah. a button and then wipe out your country and yeah. I'll do the same to you. So, and the population has been growing, ex- you know, exponentially. You know, clearly, sort of th- things have been getting a bit out of hand, isn't it? In terms of, you know, yeah, it's a natural the environment, the environment and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And yeah. so, something's always there. You know, you know, God has a, you know, not God, sorry, Mother Nature has a way of maybe resetting everything and scaling yeah. things back and just going, you know, hold your horses a little bit. And look, it's a, it's an awful thing that's, that's going on. Certainly, in terms of how sad the number of, you know, every every single death is a very sad moment. Um, but there can be some positives to come out of this as well, Brax. And I think you know, yeah. this is over. You've got to focus on that. You know, certainly how businesses are run, yeah. how people treat each other. You know, certainly you know bringing the communities together, as you've just spoken about as well. I mean, things that were probably a little bit lost. I'm not saying they weren't oh, around. Massively, oh, I completely not agree. Yeah, not not as um, sort of omnipresent as maybe 50 years ago. Yeah, I mean, two two things. You know, I mean. I very rarely see that a lot of people on our street are quite old, but really rarely see them. And now there is a community spirit about fighting this. Like it is a war. Um, so should we talk, should we talk uh, a little bit about rugby whilst nothing's been going on? A hell of a lot has been going on, hasn't it, Nick? Uh, it's been very uncertain times and, um, you know, Newcastle being promoted, uh, which everyone thought would happen, but the cancelled leagues and then, 
then still up in the air in the Premiership. Uh, we all know it's kind of like a, a bit of a rubber stamp anyway with Saracens going down. So it does make it a lot easier. Can you imagine that that Saracens weren't going down and that there would be lots of legal disputes? So well, that's, I, think, I think that's the big problem they got in football in the, in the Premier League, isn't it, really? It's, I think we all know Liverpool are going to win the league. Well, if, if they continue with it, you know, they're only two wins away, aren't they? But yeah. it's actually the ramifications of the sides going up in the leagues and the sides going down. And, well, you know, you can't just crown them champions when you don't know who's going down or you can't just say yeah. the bottom three are going down. Um, but, yeah, as you say, from, from our game's perspective, that does make it certainly easier. And I, I think to begin with, uh, you know, in the sort of the lower leagues, the amateur leagues, if you like, I mean, one yeah. thing that's got to come out of this is stop paying any sort of money to any players. Yeah. In, in any of the leagues lower than National 1, I think, is I my agree. personal view. I think yeah. National 1 and above, you can still have some sort of feeder type system and, and, and ambition there for any clubs that want to go any higher. And um, also players, you know, there's a number of players, that very gifted players playing in those leagues as well, that yeah. actually what they know is rugby and that's all they know. So to take that living away from them would be very harsh if you just made it one league. But um, I, think, I think a good decision by the RFU to, you know, Make certain that this is the end of the season. This is who's going to win, you know, London and Southwest three or whatever the league might be, or yeah. you know, North, North, North Premier one or whatever it might be, and just make the decision and just say, look, there's no more uncertainty. You need to know where you stand. And there has been some good sort of fundraising as well. You know, my my club that I coach, Wimbledon, you know, helped them out in terms of donations and a bit of awareness in terms of raising money to to keep those clubs afloat because I think yeah. When we discuss this, we have to start there, really, in the grassroots of the game and the amateur rugby clubs, because they really are the foundation. I know, you know, uh, in the last sort of 25 years of professionalism, they've sort of been left by the wayside and forgotten about a little bit. Mm. And uh, I think it's important that we support those guys, um, uh, you know, and make sure that, you know, 30, 30 grand to them is a hell of a lot of money. It makes a difference between surviving into next season or not surviving. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think that the problem is is that um, the ambitions of some of these clubs has been way beyond what they sh- where they should be trying to get to. And I think it's been a bit of epiphany, really, with with the game of rugby. I think I think the game of rugby, to some extent, certainly in, in, in the clubs, is is bankrupt. It's bankrupt because there's not enough money to pay people. The wages have got higher and higher. And commercially, it, it's it's not capable of sustaining. And, and all that's happening is clubs like Saracens are using the money of Nigel Ray to keep funding it. And it's got to the point where actually all the clubs, I, I believe in the Premiership, have said, hang on a sec, two things need to happen. Firstly, we need to reduce the wages massively. Otherwise, we're all just going to go out of business. So I believe, I think they're going to try and look to reduce the salary cap. I think you're right in the league. That's between. been uh, that's been vetoed though, isn't it? So the uh, the West vetoed. Country boys, the uh, Bath, Bristol, and Exeter all said no. They ne- they needed everyone to vote on it. Yeah, this is you know the recent um, sort of proposals. Right. And Bath, Exeter, and Bristol, um, where you've got two of the richest owners there, and Exeter probably the only one making money. And you know they've got a good financial model. They they said no to to that. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I agree with you, but yeah, carry on. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, now. yeah well, I, I, I realise that the veto's there, but I still think that the clubs, 
by and large want to reduce it because there's not the income to sustain it i mean you know from saracen's perspective they have ten thousand people coming in and they have sponsors although some of the sponsors are pulling out the model doesn't really work unless you've got a really rich owner and that can, can't go, go on forever and i do believe that the amateur game or the semi-professional game below the premiership in the first division needs to look at itself and and, and create new guidelines because i just think it's ridiculous that you know, clubs in second, third, fourth divisions are paying really high wages and trying to get somewhere to a pot of gold which isn't there anyway. So it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, does, does it really matter if you're in level five or level four that much, where you you know you, you're putting so much at risk there, and uh, yeah. you're, you're sort of drawing away actually from the real sort of ethics and you know the history of that whatever that rugby club. I mean, I remember my first my first year coaching Wimbledon, we played a side called East Grinstead. You know he, where East Grinstead is, and they, you know, they they were paying every player and had done. They'd gone up seven leagues or something. And this is level five. Right. They're in, and the, and basically the the old Alicadoos, um were basically um, the, the 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 owner, if you like, or the money man, wanted to put. A, it was a terrible pitch he played on there. They wanted to put a four G pitch on. And the old Alligadoos are sort of stuck in the past line. No, 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 this has always been our field. And it literally was on the back of some sort of cabbage patch, you know, <laughs> and it had no drainage. And uh, eventually, you know, they, they were at loggerheads and the guy pulled his money. And suddenly he had all these players, um, all these facilities that he bought. And, and he really took it personally as well. I can't remember, wow. his, I can't remember his name. But the rumours had it that he took the gym away. He even took the oak doors <laughs> that he funded for the new clubhouse. He took every single bit that he paid for away from that club and they, they plummeted down the leagues. And it was like, well, really, was it all worth it? Yeah. And, and I know a lot of these sort of things are ego trips for the for these these guys with the money. But, you know, the, the board, the chairman, whoever the president is at the time, I think now they're going to they're going to be a lot more diligent um, about exactly where this sort of thing leads if, if they get an approach like that. The lesson from that is they should have done the uh, 4G pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. But so they probably still would have been level, you know, level yeah. three or four now. You know. I do think, though, I think, I think it would be a good idea for the clubs to be trying to look after these, you know, sort of feeder clubs, you know, especially who will be, you know, providing players for them in the future. A lot of these clubs, you know, they'll be playing county rugby or they'll be playing in the DPP for a, you know, for a Saracens or a Harlequins or whatever. But I think it's about time everyone tried to look after each other. Some of the money trickled down into these clubs to try and support them, not to pay the players necessarily, but just to try and get... But I, don't, I don't know where you're going to get that money. I mean, the RFU pulling the funding of the championship, I thought, you know, was very, very ill-advised. Um, very. What's, why do they do that? I mean, a snapshot decision, you know, trying to claim that they actually... Um, you know, they don't produce and help develop, you know, international premiership talent, which is a complete fallacy. I mean, I played in the championship and it was a great learning ground. There's yeah. countless others that played for England in the recent World Cup final that yeah. also, you know, made their bones there and certainly picked up and learned a lot. And, mm. uh, you know, do the clubs have the money to be helping these, these, club, these, these lower league sides out? Probably not. But the RFU definitely does. And, uh, and World Rugby have now said as well they're going to come to the table with a rescue package of sorts. But look, we're going to move on to that sort of stuff. But if you had your wish now, out of this coronavirus, three things to change. Um, we'll, we'll just talk about the English game. 
shall we? Just leave it an English game, not the global game. Three things that you would change. You don't have to have have three, but a max of three that you would like to change. <laughs> okay, so you put me on the spot there. Um, I would, I would like to get rid of promotion relegation. <clears throat> In the Premiership, once Saracens come back up, of course. <laughs> but I think, I think, I think um, you know, the people aren't going to invest in a game when one in twelve clubs can go down. I think that's quite important. Um, what else would I do? I mean, I, I, I'd like to change some of the rules in the game, like we talked about. I'd like to change the way the game is played. I talked about. You know, not using subs and not being allowed to use subs and making the game a bit more less brutal. Um, but I think are you, I would say internationally, I think we've got to look look about what we can, how we can change it. As you know, to, with the closed net Six Nations, no promotion, no relegation. You know, I think the second tier nations need a shot. I know there's a big talk about. Uh, you know, Pichot, August, uh, Gus Pichot, uh, the vice chairman of uh, of World Rugby, trying to take Bill Beaumont's place and looking for votes, and he wants to make it more equitable. He wants to get a global calendar. So I think that could be a good idea. Right, um, I said let's just focus on the English game. We'll talk about the global game later. You got yeah. Well, it's part You've been sidetracked. Okay, so you, you have you have been yeah. waiting to talk about rugby. It's been too long. It's been too long. Okay. Are you all right? All right. So with the English I'll tell, I'll tell you, I've got, I'd like to... you. I've got a question for you. You talk about the subs. I 100% agree with that because I think I think it has a knock-on effect as well. So let, let's just say, yeah, you can have a bench of eight people, but you can only use three subs. All right? Uh, now, yeah. now we, we won't yeah. get into how you can police that and the types of sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you know, ways you can sort of like hoodwink um, officials or whatever. We won't bother getting into that. If you can only have three subs... But the, the other thing that would do is it reduce the amount of players in a squad, therefore helping regards the salary cap in terms of keeping your players Maybe. and reducing the salary cap. So Maybe. I'm a massive proposer for what you just said and sort of bring it back. And the, and the other, just on that, you know, because obviously we've had no live sports, they've been showing a lot of repeats. I'm not sure how many you've been watching repeats again, you know, Lions series from 2000. Yeah, loads of it, isn't there? Loads. All club games, things like that. Uh, and, and club games, a lot of club games as well. And, you know, you don't want to harp back to this and that and everything. Um, but it is noticeable, actually, how different the game was, you know, even oh. even, even even 10 Scrum- years ago. Scrummaging. Scrummaging. Even 10 years ago. But, but the, the, lack of stru- the lack of structure, Brax, we thought we were structured 10 years ago. Not to the degree they are now. Not yeah. at all. And, yes, look, there was more breaks in play because people didn't hang on to the ball as well. But is that a good thing for holding the ball for 20 phases? Um, look, the game is where it is now, but it is interesting. Actually, you don't think you know. You know, it's got more. You know, from an athletical point of view, and you know, from a technical point of view, of course, all players and coaches improve the team and everything. But um, it, it, it's made massive, massive strides in terms of that. And I'm not saying strides necessarily in a good way or a bad way. Um, no, but I think I think I think if I I, I I get almost embarrassed when I see some of the old games that I played in. It was nearly in black and white. But talking about ninety three, ninety four, the way the game was played, and I watch it and I just think, oh my god, this is like archaic rugby. It was so slow, right? And it was but all the about thing is, the thing is, it goes if it went for three three phases, right? So they yeah. played they played the ninety one quarter final, right? France England, yeah. Yeah, and I remember that game. Yeah, I was you know 
12 or 13 or whatever it was. It was an amazing game. At the time, at the time, it was an amazing game of rugby. Mate, it never went more than three phases. Uh, and it went, they piled eight people into a rug, and then it was okay. a scrum. And then people people from that age are saying, you see how quick it was to set up scrums? I went, yeah, because you weren't even tired. And all eight <laughs> forwards of you, all eight from both sides were in the ruck, so you were ready to pack down. Yeah. But you know what was interesting, and the reason why the game was played the way it was, in a way, it was um, when I started out, that we never, ever, ever had one discussion about defence. We just didn't. It was just literally just rush up on whoever's in front of you. That was it. And, and you're, expect, you know, you're expected to go and make your tackles and have an attitude to work with exactly. uh, your teammate. Well, there were no you? systems. There were no systems. But all the coaching revolved around trying to score tries. And I say this over and over again. The rugby I started out in was all about evasion. Okay? That's all it was about. And then as the years came by when the defence coaches came in, it became collision, 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 collision territory like rugby league. I think it has got boring. I think if they if they change the uh, substitutions, I think what it will do is it will mean you need fitter guys. So you won't need such bulky guys coming on, World Cup final, South Africa, three front row, come on. You'll have to start picking players who can last 80 minutes. Yeah. And then it'd be quite tactical. And then you'd hope that the game would open up because bringing seven or eight players on in the second half is literally a new team. And I think if we, if they do that, you're going to get smaller guys, you're going to get fitter guys, and you're going to see space open up. The other, the other thing is, uh, Brax, is um, there have been studies, and they haven't released them yet, but they have been or released them on a ma- massive public scales about the injury rate in the last 20 minutes of games when these subs come on. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's just so many benefits for doing it. You know, reducing yeah. squad sizes, therefore salary caps, which is, you know, the financial yeah. mismanagement of a lot of clubs at the moment has been highlighted. So it helps from that point of view. Um, and, and as you rightly mentioned there, you're going to get a freer, more open game, um, more mistakes possibly, yeah, you know, human error involved, yeah. you know, less collision, more evasion, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I would like to try, though. I, I know I know, we talked about it before, but I, in France, I think they might be trialling the, the tackle below the, below the waist. And that might be interesting because I think defence systems were set up very different to try and stop the offloading game. So part of me wonders whether that might be something that's quite good. So we don't get the upright tackles and we, we, we allow the ball to be able to move free. And the problem with that is if you get anywhere near the line, you're going to score because it's, you've got to do a chop tackle. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I just know I, I disagree with that because um, you've got to be smart. If, 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 if you analyse a side or you analyse a side, you know, in the first 10 minutes of a game as players and you say, right, you know, they're going for a two man tackle. Well, move the point of attack, or if you do have to take collision, get two people on his ass, quick ball, yeah, and then their numbers down the next time you go. And yeah, they can't yeah. Continue to do this. Um, you've got to be smart about. Oh, I, I like the varying tactics. I think that's another thing actually that you don't see much now. The game's very homogenous. Everyone defends the same way, attacks the same way. It's down really to sort of maybe a referee's decision. You know, one or two X factor players or quality you've got on your side. Rocket with Kieran Bracken. And Nick Easter, the brand new rugby podcast. So it's Katie Daly McLean, 114 caps for England, which makes me and uh, Nick Easter sort of seem quite low, l- l- less than <laughs> half the amount of caps you've got. But a winning captain in 2014. 
with breaking news that you're now going to uh, you're at, going to join Sale as a player coach. And I was just talking to Nick Easter about whether he was a player coach, and he said uh, at Harlequins he was asked to be player coach, and he turned it down. He said absolutely no chance with the playing. But <laughs> you're continuing strong. So 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 how's it feel to be signing for Sale? Yeah, no, it's really exciting. Um, obviously, like my time at Loughborough has been amazing. It's got had a very good rugby programme, great staff. But I think the opportunity for me, I, I live in Manchester, to have a, a team on my doorstep and a team that has so much support. Obviously, a big brand of Sail Sharks and starting from the beginning was probably something that I couldn't turn down. Great, absolutely brilliant. And so, what's it, what? What about from your own own uh, coaching point of view? I know you've had a, a very long career as a player, and Nick might want to butt in here. But but being a player coach and being on the pitch at the same time, you're a, responsible as a fly half, directing everything that's happening. But then, if things are going well and not going well, you take responsibility. But you're also the damn coach, so it's not <laughs> going to be easy, Katie. You don't make it life easy for you, do you? No, not at all. But I think probably what the perk of the setup is going to be, especially speaking to Darren Lamont, who's like the head of rugby, is making sure that there's a good team around. Because like you say, I think you look at that player coach and actually how do you get that balance between playing and coaching? And I think for me, I, I still want to be a player. So obviously, like Nick said, he's that wasn't something that suited you. Um, and for me, this is my first experience of it. And I think it's going to be a bit of a kind of suck it and see, for want of a better phrase. And, yeah. and just making sure that actually there's a load of dialogue and if actually the girls aren't getting what they need or the team isn't getting what they need, that we're having that chat to make sure that we're not missing things. Well, I think you're, you're in a, a... I'm not sure if you're in a fortunate position or not, actually, with this coronavirus situation, but uh, I was asked to be player coach and uh, the, the decision... I always had a decision in my mind that, look, I couldn't do either to 100% of my ability. Um, you know, I thought I'd be letting... You know, if I did take it on, I'd be letting the coaching side down you know from a playing perspective and vice versa but it was very very easy that first day of pre-season when the first <laughs> session is 200 meter sprints on the rower with 20 second rest then we got prowler pushing straight after that into uh, tackle technique and i sort of decided after that rowing session i sort of one in one out I went, I don't need to be doing this anymore, actually. I can decide <laughs> as a coach here. And that made my decision final. Um, and it was, you know, it, look, at the end of the day, Katie, my mind wasn't in play. You know, the three, four months towards the end of the previous season, I didn't quite care or have the fight that I'd had throughout my career. And I didn't want to play another season and be bitter with the game. You clearly um, are still really, really enjoying the playing side, as you say. And, um, look, I never did it as player coach, but I think you're absolutely right to put the playing side first. Um, I mean, how much coaching have you done? How much coaching have you done? I've done a little bit, like a little bit of back stuff, a little bit of unit stuff, uh, a little bit of like stuff in schools, things with like age group stuff. So like I've said to this, the guys at Sale, this is going to be a real new experience for me, but it's probably something when you talk about transition, because I am getting old, about where what it looks like next. Obviously, yeah. there's a World Cup next year, and then this is a three-year programme in the TPs for sale so I think all these opportunities have kind of come now and actually I'm going to have a go at it and we'll see what happens and like I said to you it's for me it's about being honest and having that chat with them to make sure the program and everything is working for everybody and people are getting value the girls are improving it's other people aren't picking up the slack like you say you're not letting anybody down and it's going to be a case of kind of like working through that but I think the opportunity to really grow women's rugby in the northwest and really put it on the map and I know Darren's talked about it about girls leaving the region actually we want to go and challenge the likes of Quinns the likes of Saris 
but in a, with a long-term program that's sustainable. Yeah, that's the best way to go about it. What's the what's the structure? Just just briefly, what, what is the structure of the sort of coaching setup there? Um, so at the moment, get, it's all pretty. Is, new. It just, is it just you as the you're the one, the sole coach, or have you got a couple of assistants and? No, I think that's what they're, they're probably in the process of um, of sorting that all out now. So I think it's going to be looking at a uh, head coach that I'll oversee and then maybe a couple of assistants, skills coaches. I think hopefully you can we can maybe access some of the guys, skill coaches as well. And yeah. you, like, try Have you got that good them. sense of humour? Because you know you're going to get the piss <laughs> ripped out of you when you miss that last-minute conversion <laughs> and, you, and you drop that pass on the nine. Or you don't see that gap that you've been talking about in the back session all the time. It's always there. And are you doing your review? But I tell you what, you can be tactical about it, can't you? You can just take those video clips out Indeed. and put in ones of you being an absolute star. To be honest, I'm like, right, all the good bits of mine will feature, all the shit bits won't. Yeah, so, exactly. exactly. Can, I ask you, can I ask you, Katie, about the state of the women's game at the moment? It's great. You know, more teams going professional. Um, you know, the England players being professional. You know, so how's the game for you? And also after that, Nick and I have been talking about changes in the game that we'd like to see. I don't know whether it's, it's relevant in, in, in the women's game. But firstly, just tell us about uh, the state of play in the women's game, where you feel, feel it's heading. Yeah, I think the women's game is in a really strong place. You know, we've talked about uh, England women being professional. That, for likes of me, has been like it's been amazing to have that opportunity. You know, the the clubs are really starting to look after players now, and it's starting to follow probably the early years of men's semi-pro yeah. rugby, where there there is opportunity for the girls either to make some money or be supported in different ways. And I yeah. think for me, that's where the game's got to go. You've got to be taking those steps to really drive standard. I think, yeah. like you've talked about, this new team. So obviously, Exeter have come in with real big backing from uh, Exeter Chiefs. Sale have come in again with the support of of the Sharks. And I think you've got Saris and you've got Quinns who are driving standards of the game. Yeah. And I think for me, the women's game is massively really accelerating to a really good brand. I think it's very different to the men's game in yeah. terms of how it's played. But sure. I think it does have its its own um more Correct. exciting, actually. Some of it's more exciting. I mean, um, Nick and I are talking about how sometimes how boring the, the men's game is to some extent with the, you know, with the ball carriers, the size of people, and it all becomes like collision sport. And it's a bit like rugby league, territory collision kick, where actually some of the women's game, actually the moving the ball, lots of phases, lots of tries. It is all about evasion, isn't it still? Yeah, I think, like you've talked about, I think because the guys are so big and they're so quick now, it's very, very difficult to get your, your traditional outside breaks when people were running around 13 channels I think in the women's game we still have that it still has yeah. that bit where the pitch size is still suiting the athletes that you've got on it so you yeah. can move a ball to an edge and you can get people to take you know things like Danielle Waterman things like that Emily Scarry you can get them ball in hand into yeah. a bit of space so, yeah, I think there is definitely parts of it. We probably aren't kicking the ball as much as the guys do these days. Oh, exactly. Careful what you wish for with the professional <laughs> era, because I'm telling you now, in a few years' time, 10 years' time, it's going to be collision. You'll be coaching them as well. Yeah, you'll, yeah, be, you'll, be, well, you'll be well out of it. You'll be well out of it. Just to finish off, I just want to check that. So, how are you keeping yourself busy in lockdown? So, what are you? Have you have you already been training? Have you been up early and been training hard and stuff? Because you can see myself and Nick kind of let ourselves go. <laughs> Um, I mean, I've got, I do, I do like running. So for me, yeah. like going out and just like, I've been a bit of a 5k nose. So I've yeah. got quite a nice part. What's your time? What's your time? Uh, my best one is 25.01. I've just been sent through something because I did a 5k this morning, actually. Um, and uh, on a group, they asked what the time was. I won't tell you my time. Go on. No, come on, Nick. You uh, can't do that. 
well, okay, it was rubbish. 34. Uh, <laughs> I've been sent through Ross Barkley time, oh. 16 minutes, 11 seconds. <laughs> 5.2 kilometres. What was yours, Nick? That through. Did, uh, what, did you double it? No, put it, I'm just under double, put it that way. <laughs> but some of our sevens girls are doing it in like 22 minutes. So yeah. Phenomenal. I'm, like, I'm nowhere near that. Yeah. No, it wasn't built for endurance, that's for sure. <laughs> on, on that note, listen, uh, prob- I think it's probably been the most entertaining talk call we've had for the last six weeks when we've done our <laughs> rocket. Been really entertaining, uh, great uh, listen, and hopefully we can phone you again in the coming months to have another chat and, and yeah. we wish you luck at sale and uh, to find out how bad my coaching is <laughs> yeah, it's all the players it's always the players always the players unless you win <laughs> believe unless me unless you win it's, players, all, yeah. it's you uh, cheers guys great talking to you good luck cheers. Uh, thank you Thanks, take baby. care bye bye the brand new rugby podcast Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter so Nick I've um there's a lot of ex, you know, games being played out there uh, from, you know, the 80s, 90s and lots of stuff that keep being replayed. And I just thought it'd be an opportunity to sort of work out who we think uh, should be in the starting 15 for the for the Lions in South Africa. Uh, and obviously it's, it's quite tricky because there's a couple of injured players. But let's assume everyone's fit. Let's assume um, it's just around the corner. Um Oh, this is your Lions, is it? This Lions. is my Lions. It's my Lions 15. Okay. Because, yeah. uh, and what we'll ask the public and people listening to do is to decide, and hopefully we'll, we'll put up the teams, my team against your team, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and for people to vote who they think will win. So, um, And then following that, we'll finish off on our uh, Animal 15. Right? Yeah. So, Very uh, popular, that one. Popular to see... Uh, Okay, right. So I'm going to do. So I'll do. Uh, shall I do my team then? I'll do my team. I'll tell you okay. what. You do. You do your backs. Okay. And then you do. I'll do my backs. Then I'll do my okay. forwards. Then you do your forwards. Okay. So at fullback, I've got Hog from Scotland, an obvious choice. I've got two Englishmen on the wing. I've got Watson and May. I've got John Davies outside centre. Manu Tulangi inside centre. Now this is a. This is a interesting one you might think at 10 I've got Finn Russell okay and at 9 I've got Gareth Davies from Wales don't how, tell me we're how, exactly the same don't know, mate. How, okay have a guess how many do you think are different I'm going to say oh, I'd say 10 you've gone for um, Owen Farrell I reckon in the centres the same I reckon maybe or oh, the wingers no, mate, it's the only, the only different one's Owen Farrell, as you say. I've got Russell slash Russell um, just because this is a South African tour, mate, and the South Africans are big beasts, and you need a man who's like a British bulldog who stands up to him from a physical point of view. He kicks his yeah. goals as well. In the high felt there in a few games, you know, you need someone who's accurate right. with the boot. Um, you got exactly like the same the, backs then? Exactly the same, mate. I've got Jonathan Davis, Tulangi, Hogg at fullback, both English wings, Gareth Davis, Cooney yep. on the bench, actually. I've got Cooney on the bench. Well, we're not but, doing uh, bench. Come on. Well, I had Cooney on the bench if we were. But all right. Oh, whatever. So, okay, so you've, you've got, got Farrell. So, so you've got Farrell at 10. Okay. So forwards, I've gone Marla, right. George, yep. Furlong. Ooh. Remember the nightmare we had in the scrum, pal. You've got to get your best scrummages out there. Joe Marler. 
Sutherland, Rory Sutherland come close. Obviously, you've got Mako as well. But if we're doing it on current form, Brax, we've got to remember, yeah. Mako didn't play the Six Nations. No. That's well, that's the thing. You've got to imagine their fit because we've got John no, Davies. No, 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 no. This is not what you said in the text. You said on current form. So that actually made Jonathan Davis a, a tough pick at centre. Um, but Henry Slade was my other one and he was injured for most of it as well. But anyway, carrying on. So I've got Marla George Furlong. Yeah. Itoji Wynne-Jones. I think that's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've gone Underhill Curry Fallatow. Now, the reason I've gone there oh. is I think you, you need people to chop trees. Joe Worsley, 09. Underhill's your man. Curry's your man. Big South African runners. Um, Curry had a fantastic series there in 2018 when we got hammered, yeah. actually. Yeah. Fallatow, I think, is just world-class. World-class eight. Gives you that line-out option along with Win Jones and Itoji. I think those two pick themselves. So that, and Tipperick's like, on the bench. Tipperick, when the game loosens up on the hard tracks, is on the yeah, bench. We're not doing bench. We're not doing bench. I've got okay, right. I've got interestingly, I've got Marla as well. So yeah. agreed on that. Now this is an interesting one. I'm not entirely enamoured by uh, Jamie George. I think he's had a quiet Six Nations. So. I've got Luke Cowan-Dickey in there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice one. Or a nice bit one. power, South Africa. Now, because of that, because I've got, uh, and he's more of a driving player, he's not a ball player, I've got Carl Sinclair, yeah. tight head. Then I've gone for he's Alwyn a, Jones. He's my impact player, mate. Okay, well, I've got Alwyn Jones as captain. Um, I've got Maratoji in the second row, so that's quite easy. But the back row, I changed it about eight times. So, because I've got Jonathan Davies as an injured player in the backs, I do think Billy Van Napola on form would be my choice at eight. What do you, what do you mean on form? Mate, he hasn't played in the Six Nations. No, I know, I know. Listen, this is, listen, <laughs> nor is John this Davies. Is what, mate, the remix is on current form. Jo- so, why have we, you picked John Davies then? On the, because there was no other centre. Do you remember we had this problem with the outside centre? No, you can't, do, it. You can't do that. No, you can't remember do that. We had this problem. So we picked six my team three. against your team. That's it. I would. <laughs> okay, no, 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 so no, no. I've got you Tom Curry. I'll still I've back got, my team. All right. I've got Tom Curry at seven. And I've got Jamie Ritchie at six. Yeah, mate, you've just got a token Scott in there, mate. I haven't. Shocking. I've got two. I've got Hogg and Finn Russell. No, in the forwards I'm talking about. Shocking, bud. Shocking. Hogg's, yeah. Hogg's an Englishman anyway now who plays for Exeter. <laughs> okay, so we'll get I those like, I'll tell you what, I do like your cow and dicky. I might burgle that. I like that one. I'm a big enough man to admit that actually he didn't come into my thinking because I was just thinking of the uh, starting hookers. I, I actually like that one. Cow and dicky. Let's get him in there. Oh, he's, in mine. he's in mine, not in yours. And the back row, well, you back think... row's horrendous, though. It's absolutely horrendous. Really? Oh. Okay, well, let's see what the public think. Now, listen, more importantly, let's do our Animal 15, all right? Backs first, all right? So I'll do my backs first. Okay. I've got... At fullback, I've got Springbok. On the wing, I've got a Leopard and a Gazelle. Now this is an interesting one at thirteen, right? It's, I've I've looked at loads of like the pluses and minuses. I could have gone for a line, but I've gone for an emu. On where? Uh, an emu at outside centre. Outside centre. <laughs> they're fast. They're pretty fast. And I've got a silverback as my inside centre eight. I've got a fox at ten, and I've got a monkey at nine. Mm-hmm. 
Go on. So, <laughs> I guess our back three are pretty similar. What's your back three? Ah, uh, mate, mate, mine's very different. I, I, I find it a struggle why you haven't picked the fastest land mammal around, and you've gone with a gazelle instead of a cheetah. Oh, on, sorry, I did have cheetah. I did have cheetah. Because that is literally like not selecting. The sorry, best not my leopard. The like, oh, I've sorry. got the best player in the world, but I'm not going to select him. All right. Okay. Sorry, I did have a cheetah. I've 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 written another word here. I did have cheetah. Instead of leopard. So, mine is, I've got a honey badger at nine. I thought it'd be a bit different. Okay. Honey badger. <laughs> hey, they're indestructible then. Have you seen it? Mate, indestructible. Ah, that's shit. Little bit, mate, he will irritate the opposition. Mate, you know what it's like? He'll irritate the opposition like, you know, nobody's business. No, don't, well, that's, that's random. That's mate, random. Honey badger there. Okay. They stand up to lions, mate. They stand up to lions. They'll stand up okay. to any... You know, he'll be like the Fafta clerk of this team. Okay. A monkey at 10. A monkey at 10. All right, boring. All right. A lion and tiger at centre. Oh, that's boring. I knew you'd come up with that. It's so typical. So typical of you. Mate, Go on. Lion and, lion and tiger, because then I've got a cheetah, the pacey, pacey wing on the left yep. wing, passing off the right hand. Yeah. I've got a kangaroo on the right <laughs> Cover the ground quick, mate. A different running style, different proposition. Oh, he's like, mate, he's I like, like your Ben Cohen. I like that. Proposition, yeah, yeah. big winger, big like legs, that. mate. I like big that. Legs I do to like that. Down. I do like and this, that. mate. You know what you're going to need, right? You need someone who's going to soar high and catch those balls, uh, balls and dominate, dominate oh, the skies. I've gone with an eagle at 15. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake! That's, okay, well. All right, now that's quite uh, royalty, mate. Royalty of the birds. Royalty. The I, don't, I don't. Okay, well, I, I still think I'm changing my. I, I did put. I put a cheetah in front of leopard, so I'm changing that. Let's see what they think. So, all right, my. Okay. Oh, I agree. Right. Okay, all right, forwards now. Forwards. Okay. This is this is pretty. I was, you know, I was thinking, shall I be a little bit cute with this, but. I've gone, you know what, well, go with tried and tested, mate. Like South Africa, win a World Cup final. Yep. You know what they're yep. going to bring, you can't stop it. Right, front I've row. Gone, I've gone with a buffalo at loose head. Yeah. Hippo was dropped, he failed the fitness test. Oh, my hippo's in. No, he failed the fitness test, mate. Warthog <laughs> at hooker. <laughs> Crap, that's like the, the honey badger. Go you've on. Got, you've, got, you've got to have a warthog at hooker. Yeah. Um, rhino at tight head. Right. I've, you're not going to budge him. Well, I've got. Let me, do, let me do my front row against yours. Yeah, yeah, I've got. I've got hippopotamus as tight head, and I've got rhino as loose head, and I've got an orangutan as my uh, hooker. Mate, there's massive weaknesses in the uh, <laughs> massive weaknesses in the scrummaging department. There, the orangutan is his uh, loose shoulders will get targeted, mate, by this nice squat warthog. No, he's going to target that left left shoulder bind. I could tell you, mate. Yeah, but who's, how's, how's the warthog going to throw in, mate? mate Think about uh, it. Think about it. Does Does your warthog have to throw in? No, well, listen, yours isn't. Does the warthog have to throw in? Well, generally speaking, the yes. Have they to throw do. in? No, he doesn't. Uh, who's going to do it for you, the winger? In the who's going to do it for you, the winger? The park. Oh God, you've got a non-throwing hooker. Okay. All right, we're, quick, we're both the same on the second row, mate, aren't we? We 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 we'll take um, we take quick lineouts anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, second row. I tried tried to move away from this. 
Uh, elephant and giraffe, you got it. Oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too easy, too easy. Six, polar bear. <laughs> Nasty, hard. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. Now, my six is... Right. Enforcer, mate. Enforcer. Okay. Hyena at seven. Yeah, I've got a hyena. And a gorilla at eight. Right. Mine is... My back row is slightly different. I've got a hyena. I've got a tiger. And a lion. Mate, how can you call my centre partnership boring when you've got tiger and lion in the back row as well? Oh, they're in the back row. No, Mate, no, you've no, got no. them in the same combination. No, I listen, my centre, I told you, is an emu and a silverback. No, I'm talking about just having a lion and tiger together, aren't I? Anyway, we'll see what we see what the listeners think, but I think it's a completely dominant forward scrummaging performance and that you're not getting anything out of your kicking game because we've no, got the uh, eagle there. No, because we're going to kick the ball on the Once floor. The ball, mate. We're going to grub the ball kick. Gets listen, the kangaroo, that's it. Listen, listen, we're going to grub a kick through and the eagle's going, I'm not touching that. I'm telling you now. That's, that's what's going right, to happen. Because we've got the gorilla in the backfield, mate, and he'll pick them up. <laughs> a gorilla in the backfield. No, because he's scrummaging down. We're going to grow. No, no, no. We got it, mate. We're doing the we're doing the French 2019 Six Nations backfield. We're, we're sticking our nine and eight in the back. My wily fox at ten is going to outmaneuver your monkey at ten. Or mate, mate, the honey badger. The honey badger is not fit enough to get around, mate. mate. The honey badger will destroy the fox like they do in the wild. You think he'll, so? He'll, he'll eat the fox's young. He'll steal the fox's food. Ah, oh, mate. He'll get I'm in his gonna... face, mate. He won't be able to cope. Mate, ball on the floor every single time. Every single time. My, Mate, my, I'll tell you what, the rest of them will be running for the polar bear. I, I like the polar bear. Polar bear's got like the polar, bear. polar bear will have him on skates, man, because he's an Arctic warrior. That's a very good one. That's a very good one. So let's see what the public decide. Let, let them vote on it. which team would win in the Animal 15. I reckon we'll get more on that than we will on our Lions 15. Yeah, probably. Probably. Anyway, Nick, good to chat. Uh, Good to chat, mate. Um, Monday, well, talk I'm some shit. That, that hair grows a little bit, and it isn't the end of it, Brax. It and, is, uh, mate. Listen, hopefully, mine is. should be a bit shorter next week as well. It is what it is. But remember what I said. Can I just finish off? But my favourite part of uh, of this, apart from the great interview with Katie, was was you putting on those headphones, <laughs> which aren't connected, because you wanted to sound, you wanted to look. Like you're a professional, that's brilliant. But I can know. I can I just can look you the over? I most players are too embarrassed to put up pictures of themselves playing. But if you move the camera to your left, you've got three or four pictures of you with England. Just go to the left. Yeah. <laughs> go on. What? So what games are they? Go on. Zoom in on it. They're, they're team shots, mate. They're team shots. Yeah. Zoom in on the teams. I want to see them. Zoom. Get your get your computer. Let's have a look at them just quickly. One is uh, oh, World Cup squad. I want to see it. So that's which which year is that then? That's eleven. That's seven. seven. And then, and then what's the other one? Two. Oh. But uh, mate, it's the the only place I can pick up Wi-Fi, bud, in this room. Okay. Is it the West Wing? It's the. It's, I don't even have a man cave. Can you believe it? <laughs> Do you not? Nor me. I'm in my bedroom. I'm in my look at me. This is it. No. Anyway. Good, uh, good to speak, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good crack. And uh, catch up next week. Rocket. Kieran Bracken. 
Nick Easter, the brand new rugby podcast. So I hope you enjoyed our episode of Rookit. We'll be raising as much money as we can for the NHS over the next couple of weeks. Find out more at at underscore podcast. Enjoy the week.